even as a WCW fan, I have to admit that their gimmick matches were garbage. From the days of the Jim Crockett promotions right through to the ridiculous Russo era, it was a time of terribly executed ideas. WCW was on a different level of awful when it came to creating gimmick matches. Well, gimmick matches that weren't called war games anyway. So today we're taking a look at the 10 dumbest WCW gimmick matches in chronological order. Before we start today's video, if you like this kind of content, a thumbs up and a subscribe would be much appreciated. The night of the Skywalkers match between the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express took place at Starcade in 1986 and they did an incredible job of building the matchup beforehand. Not only did the concept sound cool, the fans were genuinely excited to see the Road Warriors battle the Midnight Express, 25 feet above the ring. But in the end, it would be a huge disappointment. The Night of the Skywalkers was just a fancy name for a scaffold match, and that really is as simple as it sounds. A scaffold was built above the ring with a platform on top. The platform itself was far too narrow for the participants to actually wrestle on. There were also some real serious safety concerns because if somebody was to fall off and land badly, they could easily paralyse themselves or even worse. During the match, they crawled around for a bit and hit each other very carefully. None of the wrestlers were seriously hurt during the contest, but that fate was left for Jim Cornette. After the match, Paul Ellering chased him up the scaffold, where he would end up falling down and smashing his knee to pieces on impact. In the early 90s, WCW took a turn for the utterly ridiculous we saw Robocop save Sting and Oz made his debut, and we also saw the Chamber of Horrors match at Halloween Havoc in 1991. The match pitted Cactus Jack, the Diamond Stud, Vader and Abdullah the Butcher against Sting, El Gigante and the Steiner Brothers. The ring was surrounded by a cage and an electric chair was placed in the centre. The wrestlers had the task of strapping their opponent into this electric chair, only to electrocute him by pulling an external lever. After one of the most boring brawls in wrestling history, Abdullah the Butcher found himself strapped into the chair. Then Cactus Jack pulled the lever that led him to being electrocuted, and Abdullah spasmed as 2,000 volts supposedly went through him. The fans were not impressed, although we all should be impressed by Abdullah's acting. That was the best part about this match. In 1995, WCW presented an entire card of gimmick matches. Uncensored was billed as an event where anything could happen, with the company promising to deliver an unpredictable, wild show. But it turned out to be mostly garbage. The night was filled with awkward, half-baked ideas that failed to deliver on any level. And amongst these ideas was the King of the Road match. 
This match pitted Dustin Rhodes against the Blacktop Bully and it took place in the back of a moving 18-wheeler filled with hay bales. The goal was to reach the front and honk the horn in order to declare victory. It was a terrible idea. They obviously couldn't wrestle properly on the back of a moving truck. But in a weird way, the King of the Road match actually did Dustin Rhodes a favour. It got him fired from WCW after he decided to blade during the match, which was against company policy at the time. And so that cleared a path for him to sign with the Federation just a few months later, where he would become known as Goldust. The Halloween Havoc 1995 pay-per-view featured a match between Hulk Hogan and The Giant. This was a culmination of a feud between the men, but instead of booking a normal match, WCW decided to take it to the roof of the arena with each man behind the wheel of a monster truck. The goal was simple, push the opponent's monster truck out of a giant circle, but what ensued was a painfully slow, tedious contest that stretched the fans' patience to breaking point as the trucks jostled back and forth at a snail's pace. Eventually, the giant got mad and jumped out of his monster truck to chase after Hogan. Things reached epic levels of dumb when the big man took a supposed fall off the top of the building. This would have been far more believable if the Giants hadn't returned for the main event later on in the show without a single scratch on him. By the time Uncensored 1996 rolled around, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage were locked into a battle with the evil Dungeon of Doom. This contest saw Hogan and Savage take on the alliance to end Hulkamania, also known as Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, The Barbarian, Lex Luger, Kevin Sullivan, The Ultimate Solution, Z-Gangster and Meng. Hogan and Savage started at the top of a three-tiered cage and each level of the cage had different members of the Alliance standing guard. The objective was for them to fight their way down to the bottom of the cage which contained the ring and then secure a pinfall or submission to get the win. It is as dumb as it sounds, the multi-layered cage was visually very confusing to look at. The fans in attendance just couldn't see what was going on and for the people watching at home, the camera operators struggled to keep up with the action in the ring. In the least surprising part of the match, Hogan picked up the victory. The Junkyard Invitational match was a precursor to WCW's own version of the Hardcore Division. This was a concept that had proved very popular in the WWF and so they decided to try and copy it. This match was set in a junkyard in Fort Lauderdale in Florida with the idea that the wrestlers would brawl amongst the wreckage with the winner being the first person to escape from the junkyard. The roster for the match featured a bunch of random wrestlers like Fit Finley, Steven Regal, former ECW wrestlers like The Sandman and Mikey Whipwreck, and then some random luchadors like La Parker and Cyclope, as well as lesser-known talents like Jerry Flynn and Hugh Morris. The concept may have been intriguing on paper, but the execution was totally lacking. For starters, parts of the junkyard were so poorly lit that fans at home couldn't see what was going on. And this lack of visibility also posed a serious safety risk for the performers. 
several of the wrestlers actually suffered legitimate injuries as a result of the hazardous environment. Fit Finlay emerged victorious from this total mess, yet for some reason WCW didn't introduce the Hardcore Championship until about four months later, so it turned out that the Junkyard Invitational was of absolutely no significance whatsoever. By the late 1990s, WCW's Cruiserweight division had become a cornerstone of the promotion. The Cruiserweights offered a fast-paced, high-octane alternative to the main event scene, and it was something that really set WCW apart from the WWF. That was, of course, until the end of 1999, when former WWF writer Vince Russo arrived. Russo believed that American wrestling fans had no interest in foreign talent, and he openly had no interest himself in the cruiserweight division. The piñata on a pole match on a November episode of Nitro is a glaring example of Russo's thick-headed approach. It was an utterly ridiculous and slightly racist concept. The match involved the Mexican men on the roster all competing to smash a piñata. The winner would take home $10,000. Like all of this wasn't sad enough already, the piñata fell off the pole about a minute into the contest. And in the end, it only served as a way to introduce Dr. Death Steve Williams and Oklahoma to WCW. Vince Russo's stint in WCW saw the cruiserweight division utterly ruined. This dickhead even won the belt at one point. By the time we get to the year 2000, Vince Russo's influence on WCW had turned the entire company into a total joke, and for some reason, he had a fixation with hanging objects on poles. The Viagra on a pole match between Billy Kidman and Shane Douglas was a totally cringeworthy gimmick that Russo somehow thought would be a ratings winner. This took place on an episode of Nitro during a period where WCW was already in serious trouble ratings-wise. They were getting their asses handed to them by the WWF. The match concept is exactly as ridiculous as it sounds. A bottle of Viagra was suspended from a pole and the objective was to retrieve it. The match was a huge waste of time, especially for Billy Kidman who was in the prime of his career at this point. The Judy Bagwell on a forklift match stands out as one of the most baffling and misguided attempts to entertain wrestling fans in history. Once again, this came from the thick head of Vince Russo and it took place at the New Blood Rising pay-per-view in August 2000. Russo felt that the fans needed to see Buff Bagwell squaring off against Chris Canyon all for the honour of his own mother, Judy Bagwell, who was at ringside. Adding another layer to this nonsense, Mrs Bagwell was actually positioned on a forklift beside the ring. In the weeks leading up to this match, Canyon had orchestrated a campaign of torment against the Bagwell family. Believe it or not, Buff Bagwell was the babyface in this situation and the fans were actually expected to cheer for this loser and his mom 
who was on a forklift. To claim victory, one of the wrestlers had to operate the forklift and lower Judy Bagwell safely to the ground. Absolutely no wrestling skill was necessary, just the ability to operate a forklift. In the end, Buff Bagwell succeeded in operating the forklift and rescuing his mother from her elevated perch. Canyon lost the match, but I'd argue that the real losers were us, the wrestling fans. In April 2000, during an episode of Thunder, wrestling fans witnessed one of the most infuriating moments in the history of the business. B-list actor David Arquette captured the World Heavyweight Championship. David Arquette wasn't a trained wrestler. He was barely an actor, let alone a wrestler. Numbskull Vince Russo booked for Arquette to win the once prestigious championship in order to promote the movie Ready to Rumble. Fans were absolutely incensed by this and wanted to see the belt taken off him as soon as possible. And so, at Slamboree 2000, they booked the Triple Cage match. Three stacked cages were placed over the ring, and the objective was to climb up through the cages and retrieve the title belt suspended in the top cage. This was supposed to be WCW's answer to the Hell in a Cell match. But the Hell in a Cell's success lies in its simplicity. In contrast, WCW's Triple Cage was totally different. Arquette, DDP and Jeff Jarrett entered the structure with Jarrett emerging victorious, thankfully ending the 12-day reign of David Arquette. WCW would never recover from this period and by March 2001 they were out of business. <laughs> 